This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. This is the Partnership Podcast. It's Eric Williams for Vale Valley Partnership, and I'm excited to be uh, joined by a couple of awesome members. Uh, this is Mr. Dave Ramsey and uh, Matt Felzer, but you know them from Dave and Matt Vans. I even knew the logo, guys. I was so excited to talk to you because I, when I saw that logo, I was like, oh, I already, I've already seen this around town. So first, gentlemen, welcome. How you doing? Fantastic. Thank Great. You. Thank Good you. Sir. Yeah, it's, it's good to be here. So we are over Zoom. We've got both these uh, gentlemen from different locations. And I got to just put it out there that Matt's actually recording in one of the vans at this moment. It's the quietest place in our workshop. So uh, <laughs> here we are. This one is not under construction right now. So uh, he's recording in the one that's uh, that's not being worked on. Uh, Dave and Matt Vans, uh, let's uh, hit it and uh, find out just what this is. So the very beginning, uh, what is Dave and Matt Vans uh, for those people who are just listening in? Uh, Dave Matt Van started in 2019, so fairly recently. Our mission is to make van life accessible to everyone, and it kind of started as a passion project between myself and, and a good college friend here, Dave, uh, something that we we both were very ingrained in, in van life. I was building a van for myself. Dave was living in one. Uh, we enjoyed it personally and, and kind of linked up to start to share it with, uh, at the time, trying to just build a couple, maybe for a rental fleet maybe for, uh, you know, some Craigslist sales just here and there as a side project. Uh, and it's turned into a, a little more than that. We've, we've sold uh, over 200 vans are on the road at this point uh, in just over two years uh, and have sold about 325 at this point. So about 125 orders, back orders here that we're fulfilling through 2021 and, uh, you know, pretty excited about uh, what we've created and uh, happy to be here in the Valley. I wish you could see the smile over the radio uh, in the podcast on Matt's face when he kind of like almost sheepishly says like, we have done this. What were your initial projections when you started this? I mean, it wasn't 200 vans in two years, uh, you know, with a back order of 100 coming online. What, were, what was the initial stuff? Dave, why don't you take that one? You're the number guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, Matt built the first van uh, for himself. Uh, it was a group of people that he pulled to, help him with that myself included I, I think the estimate is that that took around you know 300 to 400 hours of time um, for him to complete it uh, and then as we started working together we started to sort of chip away at the process around building these vans and we do only ram pro masters uh, we do a very process oriented build so we started to just stare at this and say i bet we could do you know one a month uh, pretty easily. And then we got our process a little bit more refined and all of a sudden it was like, I bet we could do one a week. Uh, and then it, you know, kept escalating, kept escalating as we, you know, then brought on more people. So it's continued to grow. It, it continues to grow. Uh, our targets are still very aggressive and that's kind of how we've always pushed this business. Um, but yeah, it, it originally went from, you know, <laughs> one a year and that Matt, I don't think ever was going to build another one um, to then us sort of collaborating and getting it uh, just more efficient. Um, and yeah, we're, we're still pushing the boundaries. We just, you know, we were doing about two a week last year. Uh, we pushed to four a week this summer and now we're trying to push to eight a week and next year we'll probably push to 16 a week. And so it's just constantly growing this business, constantly trying to push ourselves to do more and to do better. Uh, so it's a moving target, which our, our marketing team and production team both love. Uh, but it's also how this business has grown as rapidly as it has. 
that's an awesome answer for that. I love that. Uh, that this is always a moving target. We're always moving forward with this. So uh, I want to hear a little bit of the story because it is kind of fun that I've got a, uh, I was like, I know you, Matt, I've got a school teacher uh, there. You were a former teacher from Vail Mountain School and then a finance guy from New York City somehow came together to make this happen. Are they writing a Hollywood story about you guys at some point as well? Like, <laughs> I could see it. I could see a great movie from this. <laughs> We'll stick with podcasts for now, but uh, yeah. you never know. So tell me how uh, this, I, a school teacher and finance guy come together to make this, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can start. Honestly, the first fan for me was just a, a solution for living in the mountains. Uh, I was a teacher at Val Mountain School, obviously had summers available to myself and, and spent a lot of those traveling around mountain biking, hiking, you know, exploring the West. And I wanted to find a better vehicle for it. I, I was in a Honda Element for a long time, which if you, if you know what that is, we used to call it the toaster. Uh, it's pretty fun. You could, you could <laughs> yeah. stick your bike right in the back with the wheels on. Uh, if it started raining, you could always sleep in there. Uh, but it was kind of the, the first van, if you will. And, you know, living around Vail, a lot of my friends had built vans or had different conversions, pop tops, tow behind trailers, uh, you name it, someone had it. And the van was the one that checked all the boxes. And so on a teacher's budget, when you start looking at purchasing a van, it immediately becomes a pretty unreasonable endeavor. Uh, a lot of these custom van builders are $100,000, $150,000, an RV, $100,000 plus. Uh, and so it kind of immediately turned to, well, I got to build it myself. And so had a lot of talented friends around me, uh, some teachers from Vail Mountain School, some friends who had built some vans. And so we all kind of jumped in and, and took on a summer project. And that first van was built in the, the parking lot at Vail Mountain School. Uh, <laughs> Brian Councilman, if you, if you hear this, our, our old maintenance manager uh, definitely still holds a grudge against me for it. Uh, but, you know, look where it's come, man. Uh, but anyways, that, that was kind of the start of it. It was a, a personal project to, to build something out. I bought a used Ram Promaster from Lubbock, Texas, uh, drove it up to, to the mountains here. And, and as Dave said, it took us quite a while to build out the first one. Um, and I'll, I'll swing it over to him to, to jump in and share his story of how we kind of linked up over, over van and how we jumped in to help with this first one and obviously a, a couple hundred more. Yeah, so I'll just go back quick to, we both graduated from Williams College. Uh, we were on the golf team together, so that's how we knew each other. Um, both also played uh, team sports as well. Uh, Matt was a lacrosse player, I was a hockey player. Um, yeah, so we graduated in 09, kind of went two separate ways. Matt went to the mountains, I went to New York City. Uh, I was working in finance uh, for a while. Um, and probably six or seven years into it, um, I really just started to say, you know, I want to do something for myself. Um, I want to, you know, just start something or, or be creative or whatever I could do uh, to kind of get out of the corporate world um, and started to explore some options. Um, actually left the hedge fund I was at to go work with another Williams friend of ours uh, at the hedge fund he had started right out of college. Um, and after a year of that, I actually spun off to start my own investment fund uh, that really what it came down to was living in New York City, the overhead is insanely expensive. Uh, apartment, transportation, cost of living, et cetera. So to start a brand new business, it was just not feasible. There was no way that I was gonna be able to make the numbers work on that. Uh, but in the back of my mind, I'd always loved the idea of traveling the country. You know, Matt and I both have friends all over the country and you know, the, the thought of being able to take a home with you uh, to all these places and, and see people and, and continue to connect with them was very enticing. Um, and then when you combine that with 
the cost of financing an RV um, is insanely cheap because you can get 20 year terms on them. So all of a sudden it was like for, you know, $500 a month, I could purchase a class B RV, which is essentially a, a camper van. Um, and that was my rent and my utilities and my transportation all bundled into one. So now at that number, all of a sudden the business started to make sense and that my overhead was so low now that I could travel the country and fundraise and do all the things I needed to do for the business and also in, still have an enjoyable life. So it really became this sort of loophole almost uh, in figuring out how to start this thing. So um, the first year of that, I actually was so head down in starting the business that I couldn't use the van uh, as much as I wanted to. I had to go back home and pretty much just put my head down in my parents' house and in the basement and grind everything out. And in the meantime, I found a rental website for RVs like Airbnb. Uh, it's called RV Share and Outdoorsy, uh, the two websites. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll post it on there. I'm not using it. So we'll see what happens. And maybe it'll rent for a weekend or a week or something. And it booked out for like four months straight. Um, and so that little light bulb went off my head of, that was interesting. Uh, and this was out of Minnesota at the time. So winter comes along, can't really do much with it. But January was already booked out for the whole summer. And so now... I started to really stare at that as a potential business as well. Um, and what's cool about the van in general is, again, it just enables you to have these opportunities and to take advantage of them when they come up. Just like when Matt was building his van, I could show up and veil the next day um, because I just drove my van there. I didn't have any ties or anything like that. So, uh, but yeah, so I was doing the rental business for a little while, uh, grew it to about six vans at its peak. Uh, and then Matt and I connected over a golf trip um that we do every year and he was talking about you know the fact he was going to build one potentially and i was talking about i had you know lived in one for at that point it had now been like four years um and you know would would love to share my ideas and hear his ideas and once he told me the price of how much he built it for that's again where the opportunity was there and i said i'll be in Vail in two days and i drove my van there and i haven't left so that was two and a half years ago <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it was very kind of serendipitous, coincidental, however you want to describe it. But again, I, I would just emphasize that the van enabled the opportunity. Uh, if I was living in New York with high rent and cost of living and all that, and Matt said, hey, I've got this van I just built and here's the price, even if it you know, was a light bulb idea at that point to uproot yourself and move, it wouldn't have been possible. So had I had an apartment, had I been living in a city, there's no way that you know, we would have started this business. Um, and so the van has enabled us, uh, from both ends of the spectrum to make this business work. So it's just a, a testament to how, you know, malleable and, and the potential for these, these vans for people. It's also a testament to that graduating class out of Williams. Jeez, you guys are starting hedge funds and your own businesses. And that was the year to go to Williams college and graduate <laughs> and be on the golf team. Those guys, that was just business 101. Hey, uh, I want to turn this to, uh, and speaking of business, I'm goofing with you, but I want to, I want to uh, turn this to business because uh, you doing your manufacturing here in Vail, and it's been one of the stigmas of kind of the Vail Valley business community is that you don't manufacture a lot up here. We don't see a lot of that happening. How were you able to get past some of those hurdles that people who have considered manufacturing and then you know, gone to Denver, Colorado Springs before up in this place, what are some of the hurdles that you saw and how did you jump over them? I'll start here, Dave, in, in that, you know, Vail became home for me. I've been here a little over 10 years. 
And so to be able to start a business in this valley was something that really excited me. And, and uh, you know, I think that passion for it allowed us to be very resilient. I think that is part of what has gotten us to this point. And so the hurdles that we faced, we joked particularly in the last year with, with COVID, you know, bring it on at this point. Uh, the, the one moment I like to talk about is, is being on I-70, honestly, it's been pretty easy overall to get, you know, things in and out um, to our valley. Uh, over 60% of our customers are outside of state for perspective. Uh, people love coming here for new van day to pick up their vans. Like there, there's a real intrigue to the valley and, and to come here as, as the home base for this. But <laughs> there, there was a moment this past summer where all of these COVID shutdowns really hindered our supply chain. And we're starting to kind of see the other side of it. And then all of a sudden the wildfires kicked in last fall and, and Glenwood uh, Canyon shut down. And right when we felt like we were getting to the other side, all of a sudden we start facing these new hurdles that were completely unforeseen. And so, you know, everything can be worked around with, with some resilience, with some commitment to what you're trying to achieve. Uh, and so, you know, we always look at it as we can survive this past year uh, in this valley manufacturing, the, the rest of this should be pretty smooth sailing. Uh, highly doubtful, but <laughs> uh, we certainly learned a lot this past year. Uh, Dave, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be pretty blunt and honest about it. I would say that it's it's not the, if you looked at, you know, just purely manufacturing, uh, is Bale Valley the best place in the country for manufacturing? No, it's not. Um, you're in the middle of the mountains, there's passes, there's uh, a small airport, but there's not a main, you know, distribution center. There's a lot of, you know, things, hurdles you have to jump over. Uh, that being said, uh, with creative solutions, I think anything is possible. And that's where there are perks of being where we are. And I think that we have attracted very interesting talent. Uh, we have probably, I would say, half of our employees have come from out of state and have moved into Vail Valley. Um, and I think obviously the, you know, work-life balance that we can create, we do four-day week uh, work weeks. Uh, so people do have three-day weekends. Uh, and just being in the central location where you can have access to obviously the Valley, Colorado, California, like the, it's just everything is very easy um, from where we are. And so, you know, there, there have been definitely drawbacks. There have also been perks. And I think for us, it's just been saying, all right, the perks are going to take care of themselves. Um, people are going to come work for us because they want to be part of our business. They want to be part of the Valley. They want to be part of the community. And then the drawbacks we just have to solve for. Um, and we've come up with creative solutions for those that I don't think have changed much. And so, you know, yeah, it may be a little bit more difficult up front to come up with those solutions. But once you've sort of created your supply chain and created your distribution channels, um, it's very feasible. And so we have some manufacturing of products like our upper cabinets and storage benches and stuff that happen out of Denver. And we just have delivery services that work that way. Uh, a lot of our freight stuff comes from Grand Junction, which is actually a pretty safe bet other than the wildfires. Uh, but, you know, that streamline doesn't, or that basically channel doesn't close down much. Uh, there's not a lot of snow issues. There's not a lot of problems from that side. So, uh, again, there, there are a lot of ways that we've figured out how to solve it um, so that we can be in the location that we are. We can still, you know, have the supply chain that we need. We can still have the manufacturing that we need. Um, and again, we, you know, I'm sure if we were in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa or something, it would probably be easier to do, you know, pure manufacturing. But I think you lose a part of the culture. You lose a part of the mission 
of the business that is integral to the success of it. Um, and again, attracting people to Des Moines, Iowa from, you know, all across the country is probably a little bit trickier. Uh, and so the talent you would you know, get is going to be different. And for us, it's essential. We need really strong employees. They are the core and they're the reason that our business is successful. And so we need to focus on, you know, what is our culture and how do we, uh, you know, entice people to come work for us and to come to the Valley and all that. And so I think that, you know, that all helps that. Um, and again, we're not just pure manufacturing. We're, we're, we're trying to, you know, solve a, a pretty big problem here. We're trying, we have a very clear mission. Like we are uh, a values-based business. Um, so it's not just grinding out widgets and trying to sell them for profit. It's like, no, there, there's, there's more to it than that. It, it comes out in conversation with you. I haven't even asked you about mission and values, but uh, it's within everything today. You can hear that that's the way that uh, you guys run your business. You know, when you talk about bringing employees in, and I'm keeping the business lens on, but you talk about bringing employees from other places, and that's something that's been tried in this valley, uh, and, you know, sometimes successfully and a lot of times not. It's often said that we don't have a recruitment problem. We have a retention problem in this valley because you get to a certain spot, and it's just tough to make it sustainable up here. So what's your what's your secret sauce for keeping those employees? I love the 410s and how you make that work with them, but uh, what are some other ways in which you take care of your employees to keep that retention? Matt, I'll, I'll start yeah. on this one okay. uh, just quickly. But yeah, I, I think it's that culture piece. Uh, and I think that gets so overlooked with most businesses in that, you know, what really motivates people to work is not money. Um, and it's honestly not, you know, the perks of being able to ski and mountain bike all the time. Like, yeah, that's part of it. But honestly, people want to attach to a company that they actually believe in and that they actually care about. And so I think the retention problem is just that a lot of businesses don't focus on that. They just try and pitch the, you know, oh, you can come ski and do all that and we're going to underpay you. It's like, yeah, if you do that and that's your focus and you're basically treating people that way, you're not going to be able to retain them um, versus our approach has been, we want people to feel like a family within our business. We want to treat them well compensation wise, we want to treat them well from a work perspective, we want them to work hard for us, we want them to really buy into the mission. And I think that when you have a culture like that, people want to work for you. And like, obviously, COVID has been helpful and a lot of people have been out of work. Uh, and we've attracted some very interesting people uh, that I don't think we may have got otherwise. But I think also our culture and the mission that we're trying to accomplish here has been something everyone has bought into. Um, and I, I, could foresee, I don't know, 70% of our staff being with us for as long as this business is around uh, because they have bought into that. Um, so we're not getting seasonal workers. We're not uh, setting ourselves up to just try and get people in and out. We're really trying to establish ourselves and solidify uh, the buy-in from everyone. And it's, it's proving to work uh, very well so far. Well, that culture does come from top down. So that's you guys uh, and kudos uh, to you guys for instilling that with your team and the, the vision in which you've done this. I could talk to you for, I mean, like 10 more hours because this is fascinating. I want to ask a thousand different questions, but I also want people to like find out for themselves and go check it out. We'll do that first, but I want to talk real briefly about this rapid growth and how you've been able to manage that. As we've talked about, you know, some businesses in COVID have absolutely uh, really had struggled, we've seen some shuttering, and then we've seen some other ones, some other businesses like yours, for example, that uh, found this to be a time where people really latched onto this. So how do you, uh, you're with your insane growth right now and in the uh, and how many people are going for this, how's, how do you manage that? 
Dave, I'll let you keep going. <laughs> sure. You sure you don't want to chat on that one? <laughs> I took your last one. That's fair. I'll take yours here. Um, you know, I think it starts with what Dave uh, mentioned earlier in that we're, we're very continuously pushing ourselves. We see that, you know, as we touched on Eric earlier, is this was a passion project for Dave and I, and, and we never feel like we've sold a single one of these vans. We just talk about things that we enjoy, the lifestyle that we've built for ourselves, and, and we get to share it with more and more people. And so that motivates us on a daily basis. And I think that that stems through our whole organization. And that, you know, similar to how Dave moved here in a van, we've had four employees move from around the country in their vans as well. And so there's that intrinsic buy-in in, in what we're doing, what we're trying to achieve. Um, so having that mission, which is make van life accessible to everyone, pushes us daily to create more of these vehicles. Our backlog is 120 vans right now through the rest of the year. And so we have nothing but <laughs> uh, motivation to continue to, to push forward. And, you know, the big project right now is, you know, one being process-based and, and creating those efficiencies and building these vans um, in a really high quality level. Uh, but at an affordable price that, it, that is part of that making van life accessible piece is that affordability. Um, and by creating our processes, we're able to do this in a really, um, you know, incredibly high quality and craftsmanship and, and level, uh, but keeping that price. And then, then the next one right now that we're solving for is just space. We're in a, a fairly small workshop right now um, that we work with and, and make do, but we're in the process of building a new facility right down the road here at Gypsum. Um, and so we're going to move from, I believe we're at about 5,000 square feet to 50,000 square feet, uh, with the goal of being, uh, opening doors in early 2022. And so, you know, I think stemming from our commitment to the, to our location in the Valley, we're, we're all in, uh, and moving forward here in manufacturing and selling, uh, we have a rental business as well to, to allow people to try the vans out. Um, and so right now it's solving for that space piece, uh, and making sure we have the floor space to actually create the production line that that we envision and, and have uh, you know models set out in front of us for. So, um, Dave, anything else you want to add there? No, I mean, I, uh, well, I think yeah, the the general sentiment from the beginning and you know, going back to what I was just talking about about hiring the right people is we are pushing as hard as we can forward, and you know, I think that a lot of this has been very chaotic, uh, particularly in the last year with COVID. Um, and to me, that's a good thing. Uh, I like when problems come up because it allows us to grow and learn and, and do better. And so, you know, we have pushed our employees, we've pushed ourselves, we've pushed everyone around us to say, how can we do better? You know, how can we keep growing um, and not stay stagnant? And so, you know, it's again, just that culture piece and it's the mentality we want to lay down and to find these people that we've hired that are just incredible as far as buying into that and, you know, really helping us through, through COVID, which was, you know, we got every curveball thrown at us uh, for the last year. And I'm sure we're not done with that, uh, but it helped bring us closer and, you know, again, keep pushing everyone to, to do more, to do better and all that. So yeah, it's, it's just the, uh, you know, we need to keep that mission front and center. And uh, it's, it's definitely helped us, you know, persevere here for the last uh, 12 months specifically. Well, and even more than persevere, even succeed. You know, if you can do this through that, the world is your oyster. There is no, no challenge that you guys and your team can't overcome. I'm really psyched about uh, this. This is a fantastic business. It's such a great model. 
for our business community as well to, to show the manufacturing this incredible growth, how it's managed. But, uh, you know, the part that even blows me away even more is that, Matt, what you're saying at the beginning is that finding your passion. You guys don't work a day in your lives because you're just uh, you're living your passion right now by spreading van life to so many different people, which uh, I think is really, really cool. And uh, thank you. For, I mean, all the, for the way that you've shared this, I, I'm excited to hear more. I really want to ask what van life means because you've said that like 15 times, but you know what? I think I just got to like go live it. I got to go learn. I got to go see and feel, you know, I've, I understand tent life. I understand like, you know, living out of the back of the car, but van life is a very specific thing. <laughs> We've got a rental program, Eric. Anytime you want to come down, we'll, we'll set you up. That's where it is. That's how you jump in. You get the rental program and then you're going to be buying one for yourself. But, uh, you know, a little bit of a wait list right now, but honestly, with the <laughs> increased uh, production space, holy cow, that's going to can't wait to see where you guys go. And uh, I really do appreciate uh, all the time you took talking to all of us um, today. If people want more information, people want to uh, learn more about this, where are they going to go? Uh, best place, our website, www.dmvans.com. We also have a strong presence in social media at Dave Matt Vans on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we have a new uh, Twitter page, new TikTok page. Uh, we're on LinkedIn and Pinterest as well. Uh, so just search Dave Matt Vans and, and go down the different avenues to, to find out. Um, we have some pretty cool YouTube videos out there as well uh, to check out. So uh, you, you can't miss us. Search our names. You'll find it. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that logo. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I know that guy. And uh, that's awesome. Um, this, is, uh, this is really cool. It's homegrown. And this is a really special business. Uh, thank you for taking the time to share with us. And uh, <laughs> I mean, good luck as uh, you guys keep riding this awesome wave. Thanks for having us there. Our pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Matt, this is the Partnership Podcast. Again, check out dmvans.com for more information. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at valevalleypartnership.com.